Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. <laughs> Welcome to Scream Queen, a podcast about scary movies. Some people not typically depicted in scary movies. How you doing, Drea? We're um, already more than halfway through the season. It feels like we just got started. We've got a lot more to talk about, but you know, I feel like we've done a. I've, I've had a, a lot of fun with the season so far. Yeah, as always. I knew yeah. like we already had our footing. I feel like after the first season, but. This season, like, I feel, I'm very settled in. Yeah, um, me too. So we're at that over the hump, mm-hmm. and it feels a little weird. I can't believe we've already made it this far through. Yes. And, yeah, we're bringing out some favorites. Yeah, I'm a little, you know, like, the other part about going to the movie, uh, first of all, I got the Alamo season pass that uh, is now available in Los that Angeles. That I put you onto, and then you accuse me of Photoshopping <laughs> it because you're a hater. It just looks like a, a Photoshop job. You don't know all. about Photoshop. <laughs> I actually don't know about Photoshop. I know about Word, but I don't know about Photoshop. Um, but, you know, I've started to see all the previews of the movies coming up. So some of the other ones that we want to talk about that are coming out soon are Brahms the Boy 2, Invisible Man, Zombie Child, uh, VH... What's that called? VHW? VFW? Uh, VFW. VFW. You're getting a mix-up with VH, yes. VH, oh, that anthology series, right, with about the, the tapes and the shit. Yeah, yeah, um, So I'm really excited to get into that. Uh, this week, what we're going to get into, we're going to do a, what I would have done was... I think this might be the first what I would have done was of the season, uh, where we uh, correct the mistakes of somebody. This time it's Elise Neal in Scream 2. Uh, we're going to get to Fantasy Island, which we hated, and The Furies, which we liked. And to round it out, our Scream Queen this week... Is Kelly Joe Minter in Nightmare on Elm Street 5 The Dream Child? Act one Tommy has nominated Miss Elise Neal for what I would have done was because it definitely it deserves some attention. Bullshit. So, yeah. okay, so um, Scream 2, right? Uh, sitting them and some fresh meat uh, are they band together at college when a copycat killer starts knocking each co off one or each co ed one by one by one. I mean, you know the story, you know how it ends. So, let's get into it. I was really excited to see this movie when it came out in theaters because my cousin Cece had made me a bootleg copy of the first Scream. And I used to watch it before I went to bed, like every single night. And I wasn't old enough to get into the theater, actually, unaccompanied, but it was at, I think, the Krikorian Theater in El Cajon, California, where it had the exit, um, the emergency mm, exit was like onto the street. Or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I went by the emergency exit and Cece let me in. Um, and I think this is notable as a sequel um, that it wasn't just a scary movie. It was also deeply a teen movie, especially at that end of the night. I mean, we talked about it as being like kind of a time capsule of the late 90s because like 
everybody was in this movie. I mean, a lot of them didn't even have names, but there was like Joshua Jackson, Luke Wilson, Tori Spelling, Portia de Rossi, Heather Graham, Rebecca Gayhart, who was later in Urban Legend. We open up with Jada Pinkett, Omar Epps, Sarah Michelle Gellar. Mm-hmm. So many people in this one. Um, also, uh, as uh, you know, it's a few years after the first Scream. Uh, the kids are in college, and Gail Withers' book on the Woodsboro murders has come out and been turned into a film called Stab. Um, the movie within the movie is actually directed by Robert Rodriguez. Um, and shout out to Lori Metcalf as a deranged reporter slash Billy Loomis's mother. Loca. She has the crazy eyes. <laughs> <laughs> she got the crazy eyes. She got the crazy hair. She just, see woof. Yeah, yeah, she did it. <laughs> she really did. So um, she just—I think she was just drinking like straight, like espresso, like all day, every day, just to really tap into that that energy. Yeah, it's I kinetic. Can't, I can't remember what uh, she kind of came up in one of those theater groups with, like John Malkovich and a bunch of other people, and her nickname in the theater group was Crazy Eyes because <laughs> she does have those eyes. And what was that show she did? The uh, hospital show? Oh, Getting On. She was great. So so Ooh. good with um with what's her name? Uh, Nisi Nash. Nisi Nash and Alex Borstein. That yeah, was a really good show. It was. Um, I think that was a good example of an American remake that was actually good. Mm -hmm. I think it was based on a British show, right? Yeah, it was. So in um, Scream 2, Elise Neal plays Hallie, who's the best friend of Sydney in college. Um, And by the time we get to... I mean, Hallie makes it, I think, three quarters of the way through, pretty much. She makes it... Uh, yeah. Okay. So, because this movie breaks a whole bunch of rules, mm-hmm. like in a way that like nobody ever expected this movie to break rules. Like Wes Craven was just trying to fuck with people, mm-hmm. and unfortunately, the black people got it in this one. Because mm-hmm. I thought the they after they took out Jada and Omar, oh, like right. Elise is good. She's gold. She's gonna make it. Mm-hmm. But they took her out in such a. It was just flagrant. It was so dumb. I don't appreciate it. it I didn't appreciate it. Was, it was and, harmful to the community. <laughs> and our general consensus of Nev now, of Sydney, is she is only tolerable because of this bullshit. Because she got Hallie killed. So, yeah. But when we get to Hallie and, and um, so um, uh, uh, Sydney has been assigned two bodyguards, one of them who she believes is gay. So that's gay representation in horror films. Useless bodyguards. <laughs> uh, they're escorting Hallie and Sydney to some kind of safe house. They get to a stoplight. Uh, the killer comes out, stabs the driver, uh, yanks the other man out the car. Uh, he's like the the ghost face takes off. Um, the other the gay agent. The guy jumps on the gay onto agent. The hood. <laughs> gay agent is on the hood trying to you know get a clear shot. Um, they end up crashing into like a construction site of some sort. Yeah. And because this is like a cop car, um, how even though it's like a kind of a plainclothes cop car, it's an undercover cop car. There's got they've got the mesh in between the front row seats and the back row seats where Elise and Hallie are sitting, so they can't get. And the, also the doors are locked from the inside, so they can't get out. But I'd like to mention that his window, the, the cops window broke open just easily like it was no oh, problem no. it was made out of fucking candy yeah. and shit but for whatever reason when elise starts kicking with those i need to point out the <laughs> chunky heels yes. that there was we were a 90s shoe essential she was kicking away i'm like yes bitch get, <laughs> hit that door and it didn't work and i was like this is a, a misstep yes they, th- that door should have come open because remember when um uh i know what you did last summer uh homegirl sarah michelle geller had no problems with her bare feet kicking through the window of mm-hmm. a cop car. Mm-hmm. So this is some magically infused like window that not even a chunky 90 seal can get through. Mm-hmm. I don't think so. No. 
Executive office. So um, there, a poll goes through gay agents' head. Several polls. Several polls. Um, <laughs> and uh, punctures the mesh wiring that separates yeah. the front and back seat. So Sydney starts to pull it down. Um, and because they realize they can't get out of the car, they have to crawl through the mesh opening over the killer who is knocked out and out the window. And I remember this scene was so They drag tense. it on forever. Ooh, ooh I had an aneurysm yeah. in, that, in that theater. I was just like, I couldn't. And you know me, I was watching it through my fingers. But still, because <laughs> uh, it was like 10, 15 minutes long of, of like, I, I found it very hard to breathe. Because like yeah, Sydney yeah. is going so slow, right? And then she's like creeping over, creeping over, basically straddling Ghostface makes it out of the window. She and- had the moment right fucking there to look at him if she wanted to do that bullshit. Yeah. I mean, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. And so then, so she gets out and then she tries to open Hallie's door and that door is locked as well. So then we have to do it all over again, but with the black girl. And I was just like, she is this, this is the part where she, she's going to be straddling this man and then he's going to wake up and kill her. That's, I mean, everyone thought that. And she could have just reached in and unlocked the back. She could have uh, hit the unlock button from the front door. That's what was... See, what? I already solved it. <laughs> <laughs> so many what I would have done was by this point in the film. And so then Hallie has to climb over him and I am like breathless at this point. Like I am asthmatic. Like I cannot breathe. But they're but they're out. They're, and, they get out. Yeah. Hallie gets out. They both get out. And I'm just like, and she's like, Let's run. And it's like, duh. But it's like, yeah, okay, so they're doing exactly what they're supposed to be doing. But But they get a, a few paces away and Sydney's like, wait a minute. I have to know who it is. I have to know who She's it is. She's like, bitch, no. And why on earth would we ever do that? Literally, Hallie says, We're smart people. Smart mm-hmm. people get the fuck out. We and gotta go. We go we run. You know, and I feel like she was and Hallie doesn't give a fuck who's behind that mask. They have to get out of there. Mm-mm. I mean, she's basically like a Kiki Palmer meme being like, uh, I don't mean to sound ridiculous, but I don't know who this man is. He could be walking down the street. I wouldn't know a thing. Like, <laughs> <laughs> But Sydney has to know. She has to see. So she turns back, finds the killer, has is no longer in the front seat of the car, turns back to Hallie, and he's holding her by the back and stabs her to death. I mean, somewhere in the argument, that one of them would have seen... Uh, Hallie should have seen him lead the car. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so she goes back. Oh, he's not there. Where is he? He's behind you, bitch. Now you're stabbed. And now he's killing your friend. Yeah. And I feel like... And she didn't... She wasn't upset enough over her friend's death. No, she was not. She was like... Ugh! Oh, no. And then at one point when she goes to see um fucking Jer- uh, Jeremy, o- Jeremy O'Connell. Is that- yeah, yeah, Jeremy his O'Connell. His ass all strung up looking like Zeus. And she's like, he killed Hallie. Like, and that's that why her boyfriend it. got shot That's like why that. her boyfriend got shot. And now, you know, honestly, she deserved to have her boyfriend shot like that. <laughs> now that I, I used to be sad about that, but now I'm like... In defense of Hallie, she deserved to lose her man like that. She needed to lose her man like that. Um, So I also feel like in a way, like Hallie telling Nev or telling Sydney, like, I'm in danger. I need to go is like a sort of microcosm of like every person of color to their white suburban friend being like, I don't feel safe here. And the white suburban friend being like, no, it's fine. Or for like for a queer person and their straight friend being like, I'm kind of feeling danger here. And like, no, you don't. It's okay. The whole movie summed up in the very beginning. Jada Pinkett going to that horror movie that she does not want to partake Mm-mm. in. She wants she, to go see Sandra Bullock. She wants to see Sandy Bullock. And <laughs> but Omar insists. And she's just like, what is this whiteness around me? Mm-hmm. This is this is some fuckery. 
Like, and I want to see this movie. It's going to be some dumbass white movie about some dumbass white girls who <laughs> doing run some up the stairs white shit. <laughs> instead of going out the front door like they should. I remember I like, everyone okay, cheering in the theater when she said that. Yes. <laughs> also, the part where she's like, um, I want to get some popcorn. Let me get your money. He goes, you got money. I want, I have my money. I want your, your money. money. <laughs> <laughs> Can we talk about that death for, for a second? I know this isn't in the scope of what I would have done was, but it's our show. So fuck it. Um, Jada, who we know as a survivor from Demon Knight. Yes. You know what I mean? And she's got her survivor cut haircut on. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? She's shorn. <laughs> um, and first of all, Omar Epps goes out to use the bathroom and he hears somebody in the stall, like a woman's voice, which later turns out to be Laurie Metcalf's voice. Uh, he has his ear up to the stall and then th- he gets a knife right through the head. But like, how the accuracy of that knife like the whole scene that is was stupid through, as hell was it that wasn't what was it it cardboard? was scary when listen it, it, it that scene scared the shit out of me made me so sad when he got got like that but no now i watched it this morning i was like that was stupid i mean and, and why are you listening like why the fuck do you care what's going on over there yeah i think he thought there was somebody getting something they were getting it on in that stall that's mm-hmm, what he thought it was mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and they were like it's like mommy <laughs> i don't know <laughs> Yeah, because I saw it with the closed <laughs> captions, and that's literally what they're saying. And I was like, is this like a callback to like Black Christmas or something? Like, <laughs> uh, But yeah, so freakishly accurate knife on, on their part. Also, was that like, was that marble or was that cardboard in the, the bathroom stall? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And why are they so strong, like when they put these suits on? I know. All of a sudden, well, they're strong and they're clumsy as fuck. It's that crazy strength. They Crazy gives you a lot of energy. It does. It really does. I mean, probably crazy and like a little bit of meth, but like. <laughs> yeah. And then Jada, and then, so then like Ghostface Killer puts on the mask and puts on her boyfriend's jacket and sits right next to her as the movie's going on, as Heather Graham, as Casey is getting stabbed mm-hmm. and he goes to town on her ass and she's just like, nobody's like believing her. Again, like. Classic, stabs her in the back. Ooh. In the stomach and the back. Yeah. First and, stabs her in the stomach, then he just proceeds. He walks up the aisle with her, stabs her in the back. So it's the worst. Mm-mm. Man, that shit made me so sad. So I was like, oh, okay, so all black people in this movie are safe now. Right. Lies. Lies. Um, The camera guy got out, though. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he quit on uh, Gail Ruthers. He said, uh, no. No, I don't think so. <laughs> no, 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 no. Bye. I also had those Gail Weather streaks. Oh, I bet you did some <laughs> yeah, chunky, did. chunky streaks. I did have chunky streaks in high school in the Ooh, 90s. <laughs> she had some looks. They did her, like, and then the bangs in the in part three. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they oh, were doing yeah. to Courtney. <laughs> they were like, we're just going to give you every white woman hairstyle. She just redid that. Remember I sent you that? Uh, she did a gif or whatever of, like, her cutting her bangs just, like, on Instagram, <laughs> like, the th- like, part three. I, I I'm hoping it was a wig because it was straight up crazy. Oh, Lord. And then Ghostface pops up from behind her as she's cutting her bangs. Mm. He's like, bitch, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but at the time that this movie came out, you were not a fan. Uh, yeah, so I hated this movie when it came out. Um, and it, you know, for obvious reasons, like it just, the, the opening just really was unforgivable for me for a while. But then when part three came out, I was able to see like, part, this is just a great trilogy. Like mm-hmm. it, it is a flawless trilogy in my eyes. Part four does not exist. That, is, that, mo- that movie <laughs> never fucking happened. But part, but one, two, and three as a whole make perfect sense and they stand on their own honestly mm-hmm. I, I could watch well, one is perfect mm-hmm. two is just su- is hella entertaining and three it's they got Parker Posey up in it yeah, yeah, so yeah, I'm yeah. I'm good and yeah. there and I also feel like in, in the way of I mean obviously like it it 
Scream and the trilogy, but specifically the movie Scream, um, kind of re-ushered in, you know, the era of the slasher. Mm -hmm. But for me in particular, it was like the first scary movie that I saw. I think it was probably the first scary movie that I saw that in a way I identified with. Yeah, yeah. It was... um... It was a throwback, but, you know, he in, reinvented it in, in certain ways. Appar- apparently, uh, they said that the original script got leaked, but it was they what they really did was they put a bunch of decoy scripts out there mm. for part two. Mm-hmm. So they when they transferred the script, it was it said that there was like four killers in it. Mm-hmm. And then they had another script out there that said that Dewey was the killer. Then they had another script out there. So nobody really knew what the fuck was going down. Also in that they had a decoy um, uh, things in the trailer. Mm-hmm. So I think at one point they had they were trying to intone that Hallie was the killer because mm-hmm. um, when when uh, when they first caught when when Ghostface first calls Sydney at the sorority house while Sarah Michelle Gellar is getting stabbed. It's like, hey, girlfriend, in like the the scary movie voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you know, much, much love to this movie. Yeah. R.I.P. All right, we've reached act two of our movie, act two. Um, This week, our main discussion, uh, unfortunately, is about Fantasy Island. The thing is, like, this was in the dock for a really long time. And, like, we, Dre and I both saw it, like, this is some bullshit. I honestly, I don't even want to cover this, but we'll we'll get into it for a little bit. Yeah. This is, we can sum this up real quick, but (laughs) I'll let Tommy get into it. So Fantasy Island and also The Furies, which is an Australian horror movie that is available on Shudder, which is is a worthy slasher movie. Yeah, it's uh, bloody, bloody goodness. Yes, and th- so these are both, I mean, the reason why I think we paired these together um, before seeing Fantasy Island, which is a foolish move that we will never repeat. I mean, we could have <laughs> fixed it. But um, is that they, these are both like a um, group of people in a remote location. That's like the the setting of the movie. Um, so Fantasy Island, in a reimagining of the TV show, because everything has to be IP now, nothing is original anymore, uh, the enigmatic Mr. Rourke makes the secret dreams of his lucky guests come true in a luxurious but remote tropical resort. But when the fantasy is turned into nightmares... The guests have to solve the island's mystery in order to escape with their lives. And this is not a mystery. It's complete fucking baloney. Um, stars Maggie Q, um, Michael Pena, a.k.a. Selena's brother. <laughs> David O. Yang. Uh, David, uh, Lucy Hale. Uh, also, Michael Rooker, who is just forever playing like that sweaty, deranged man. Yeah. He does that to perfection. Yeah, he's real good at that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so a bunch of people get off the plane and their fantasies get realized one by one. So J.D. and Brax, who is like, you know, again, uh, uh, queer POC representation because he was gay. <laughs> uh, they have this have it all fantasy where they have this like compound that's full of like model Models, types weed and like a, and 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 a pool party and a compound and some other shit, which <laughs> honestly is my version of hell. I was like, <laughs> it looked terrible. No, I don't want to be at this place. It just reminded me of like having to go to fucking places and gas lamp in downtown San Diego and being like, I fucking hate this shit. <laughs> the weed tent didn't look that bad, and the weed tent was pretty lit because <laughs> there's like a, a lot of hot guys and just a bunch of fucking weed that's where i would have been yeah <laughs> um so and then gwen played by maggie q gets a do-over and a daughter um patrick gets to enlist in the army and like sees his long dead father um melanie gets revenge on an old bully that's lucy hale um and every now and then we get again flashes of michael rooker and then also this creepy burned guy who we later na- know is nick but he's like is he a real or is he in their dreams i mean it is very like ill-defined yeah so they're everybody's seeing him in their fantasy and it's not supposed to happen. Right. And played by also like 
when Melanie unpacks, she just has this picture of a dude. And then we later see him on her He's f- always on her fucking phone. And they apparently only hung out one time, right? So, And who's taking pictures <laughs> after during one date? But anyway, that dude is um, Evan Evagora, who is an Australian actor who plays like this samurai type dude in Star Trek Picard, which I started watching because... I am a Trekkie. I mean, my mom watched it all the time, so that was in the house. Um, <clears throat> and he's very fine, but he's like 24, so it's like, I don't think so. Um, <laughs> but um, then we turn out that Nick, <laughs> this Nick character, this burned man, died uh-huh. in a fire that each one of the people on the island apparently had a hand to. in. Yeah. yeah. So JD and Brax. She was supposed Brax, to have a big date with him. Right. JD and Brax <laughs> were his roommates. The fire was accidentally caused by Gwen um, because she put a thing on the thing. <laughs> She uh, she lit some incense or she no she put a kettle on she put forgot a ke- the kettle was on make some tea and then she left and she let him burn to death but he was supposed to go on a date with Melanie that night and so she blames but because she didn't couldn't believe that she was worthy of him because of all the bullying from her high school bully Sloan or whatever. Uh, she was like, I didn't think anyone could find me attractive. And so she just kind of like had one date with a dude and became obsessed, obsessed. with him. Obsessed. And, and then decided everybody needs to die because yeah. of this shit. So they all find out that they're actually a part of Melanie's fantasy. That's mm. the big twist. But Woo. let's talk about a couple of the plot holes because this is Swiss cheese. This is full of motherfucking holes. So, okay. <sighs> J.D. and Brax were Nick's roommate when he died in the fire, and they claimed that they thought he was out on a date. Yet, when Maggie Q's ass runs up to the apartment, he is screaming his face off, uh-huh. let me out, let me out, I can't breathe. Yeah. J.D. and Brax happened to be home, because she passes them on the stairwell as she's going up and they're coming down. You mean to tell me they didn't hear their own roommate yelling, help me, help me, I'm fucking burning, I can't breathe. Uh, you know. So uh, <laughs> I I'm, I don't even want to get into it. The, the movie is trash. It was funny. It was. It, this is not even awesome. It wasn't. Even, I was laughing a lot. Yeah, there were some funny moments, like when um, like when Melanie uh, uh saves Sloan, and she's just like, "Who could it have been? Maybe it was that like crazy girl from high school, whatever." And she turns on, she's like, "Oh my god, did they make you wear that?" <laughs> that was that funny. was pretty funny. <laughs> that is like some premium white girl uh, shade. <laughs> but at the moment when they realize that Melanie. He's behind it all, and David O. Young's like, "Wait, this all happened because of one date?" That was pretty good. <laughs> that was just, pretty everybody good. busted up laughing in the theater. <laughs> it's like, and really, like, what the fuck? Are, this, this whole movie's about this. Yeah. And then Michael Pena, he had his whole weird thing going on with this eye, the rock in the island, and bring it back his, his wife. wife, who then also, like, the island brings her back, but then she also still has the same like disease, so she dies over, over and, and over, over again. And over. And it's like, bro. Then get over. You really want to see this woman die? Oh, you want to see this woman die over and over and over again? Or you could just and leave. she doesn't remember who he is. She has no. Fuck, she thinks he's an assistant. Yeah, she she comes back, doesn't know who he is, and then he uses her as an assistant, and then she slowly dies in front of him Every over and over again. Every single time. <laughs> So the secret of the island, this is, oh my God, this is such bad writing. The secret, because I feel like after the high of coming off talking about the lodge and come to daddy, which were like, like we said last week, they hinted at supernatural elements, but it ended up being super practical. This one was just like, oh no, there's like a rock in the middle of the island that drips black water. And there's no explanation for this. (laughs) There could not have been one, though, because it's a completely crazy premise. There's a reflective rock that reflects people's fantasies that drips black water. Listen, I would have gone for it if there was some kind of, there had to be some other element going on in this film to make that shit work. Well, yeah, because it didn't exist. If you're going to lean into the supernatural supernatural of it all, 
Yeah. You have to go full force. You can't like just pull back at the last minute. This reminds me of like skiing when they talk about, um, you know, when you're going down the hill, you actually have to lean into this into the into the space um, mm-hmm. in order to be able to navigate well. And it's when you pull back that you start to f- like tumble and fall when you're skiing. And this is like exactly what this movie like. It did not lean into it. No. It leaned back. And well, PG-13. This oh, is a, right. a, a yeah, prime yeah. example of a movie that it, it was a hindrance on this film. Like PG-13, there's scenes where you there was supposed to be blood That's, and there's oh. supposed to be like violence and they literally cut the shot so mm-hmm. you can't see what's happening beneath like the camera and somebody's arm is getting cut off or or Brax is getting his arm oh, sliced. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's just stupid. It's just like, if I could have seen that, that would have been a little bit more shocking also, and more tense. twice people just got their arms sliced, both with Sloan and then with JD. And it's like, uh, and then also because, uh, okay, so then this black water then ha- turns all these people into zombies. Zombies, so they have black blood. So that's why they, it was PG-13. That's why they had to make them zombies or whatever so that the blood would be black. Yeah. Yeah, Um, which is like a shit. And you could also just tell that this was, this script was rewritten or or had too many writers in it. They had too many people come in and try to do... Well, yeah, the studio came through and yeah, they definitely had their time with it and they turned it into trash. Yeah. Um, and also like the whole misdirection with Melanie. So, that, so we're led to believe that she is one of the island's guests with the other people. Right. And so we follow her storyline and then later on she's just like, oh, I was acting. And it's like, I, okay, I watched it again. Mm-hmm. Because in you the saw thing, it twice. I did. I did. <laughs> I know. Because I was just like, is there something I'm going to get on? Maybe oh, I'll appreciate fuck? something. Because I liked, um, there was another movie that I saw that I liked on the, be- oh, Gretel and Hansel. I liked it better on the second watch because I was like, okay, whatever. This is style. This isn't necessarily story. I think that's a movie I'll be able to sit down at home and watch it. But mm-hmm. in the theater, it was miserable to experience that. But film. then this one, it was it made me even more frustrated and more angry because it literally made nonsense. Yeah. The, the Melanie's um, uh, like story and shit is far too complicated. Too much of it relies on chance. And not There's interesting. Not a, it's not interesting. And she looks like a goddamn Archie comic. She's still that bitch from... Uh, what is it? Pretty Little Liars. Oh, yeah, got on yeah. my nerves. And yeah, I used to watch that show. <laughs> <laughs> I think she also, oh, she was in, well, I think she was in the beginning of Scream 4. She might have been, but yeah. I, that movie does not exist. <laughs> I don't even know why you're bringing that up. I was just like, Blumhouse makes too much. They, they need to pair They put their hands into, like, so that whole, yeah, they do that whole Into the Dark series. And a lot of those are like, not even hit and miss, they're just miss okay but i appreciate the fact that they're at least putting exposure on new and up and coming directors like mm-hmm. I, I think that's important this shit right here though like somebody you know quality control somebody yes no and the thing is like i feel like it's just a lot of people on cocaine and too much money and they were like what if we do what if it's like a fit because like and the then... thing about like the thing about I, I one of the things i started to think and give this movie credit for before it just decided to be a piece of shit was like what's on the underside of wish fulfillment you know like you know like i think like the Wishmaster. do you ever see that with um i think it was the west craven one um starring literally everyone in scary movies um where we're like you know you see the gritty underside of people's desires but like this was a swing and a miss like it didn't even do that although Mm -hmm. 
this on second viewing, I was I heard the score a little bit better. Uh, it was I done see by you men- mentioned yeah. that. Yeah, it was done by Bear McCreary, who did music on The Walking Dead, um, The New Child's Play, Wrong Turn Two, uh, Ten Cloverfield Lane, The Cloverfield Paradox, Happy Death Day to You, and The Boy, whose sequel Brahms the Boy Two, we'll probably be talking about on this show. So um, I thought that it was well scored. That's the only thing I can say about. I don't it. remember the score, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> I did like it in Child's Play, so I can imagine it was good. But unfortunately, it was uh, paired with a shite film. So it, eat a dick, Fantasy Island. Yeah, no, you <laughs> you get uh, two thumbs, two toes, like everything down. <laughs> I enjoyed my margarita while I watched it. You know what? I enjoyed my double gin and tonic while I watched it. <laughs> <laughs> I got good and buzzed. <laughs> um, however, The Furies um, is it's an fucking Aust- gnarly. It's so, I mean. And Tommy I, turned me on to this one. I heard, I, I had read about it on Shudder um, and it had been kind of described as a sort of like Hunger Games meets um, like maybe the hills have well, eyes. I, I like... say Battle Royale meets Hills Have yes. Eyes meets Chainsaw Massacre meets Cabin in the Woods. Gotcha. I said it was um, the most dangerous game meets America's Next Top Model meets The Hunger <laughs> Games. But I mean, you know, six of one. Uh, I got that... the America's Next Top Model vibes. Yeah, because it was like the beauties and the beasts. So yeah. there are a bunch of these women wake up in coffins um, or canisters or crates or whatever. They're labeled beauty, one, two, three, four, five, and six. And then there are corresponding crates that ha- house beasts, one, two, three, four, five, and six, that are some of the most disgusting looking creatures. creatures well they're wearing masks yes but they look the, fucked up yeah the pig i mean i have to, i just first of all i want to do a shout out to scarecrow studios who did the special effects mm-hmm. and whoever did that costuming because those men looked disgusting yeah yeah i uh, mean but the i mean let's just get into the fucking the, the, the first kill well i just want to mention first that uh, that it follows a bunch of girls who wake up in a eucalyptus forest in the outback. They're hunt they're hunted by monsters while people pay to watch online. They pay to watch these girls die or whatever. We don't really know that though. We don't know until that until the very yeah. end. So in a twist, we learn that each masked psycho is paired with one girl who they have to protect. And if that girl dies, then the psycho gets blown up too. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is I'm stupid like that. So when that psycho guy after he slash girl he stabbed her in the back with his axe and then he waved at other girls like oh he's kind of (laughs) nice it did like I thought it was pretty inventive in that regard because I didn't really know what was going on but I knew some 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 chicanery was afoot but I didn't know what it was and so Mm -hmm. I appreciated the fact that it all ended up making sense in the end yeah um now let's talk about that first kill Yes, it is. I watched it on the train. (laughs) And then a whole elementary class came onto the train. And I was like, I think I need to like close my laptop because I'm going to get arrested or somebody's going to like, somebody's going to say something to me. But uh, yeah, it was, it's a lot. Her whole, uh, whole face gets smushed off with an axe. Like slowly. <laughs> slowly. Very slowly. You watch her, this lady's skin just rip off her face and it looks so accurate. Yep. Only, it, it reminded me of Hellraiser the way um, they did the makeup on Homeboy that lived in the attic like as his muscles are growing back. Like, you could see the per- like the perfect like her flesh and her muscles and, and then just all of a sudden there's just no face there. Yeah. And was... it all and it looked like they didn't pan away. No, it, it's a lot. That's I mean the the thing about the kills in this. I mean again, me and Drea between us have seen probably every scary movie. In it existence. takes a lot for me yeah. to. I mean, I can't believe you even watched this. You confuse me sometimes. <laughs> You're confusing, Tommy. The thing is, like I, th- because I did have to see it a couple times because I 
tend to put my hands in front of my face when people die. <laughs> uh, it's much more manageable for me when it's an at-home viewing than a theater viewing. That's a little bit more immersive and, you know, gets my blood pressure going in a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, but the second time around, it was more from like, um, this is going to sound very twisted, but from like a craftsman perspective, because it was like somebody made that, yeah. you know, which is why I love it's it so, so much more creative. than computer graphics, because somebody like sat down, Scarecrow Studio, somebody was like, how do we make this look as disgusting as possible and as realistic as possible? Yeah. The part of the point of horror films, you know, it's you're creating this weird fantasy like it's supposed to be as realistic as possible, but within the I, the space of knowing like this isn't real. Mm-hmm. So I don't really need, you know, your your high end special effects it, to make it fancy. No. I want grit. I want I like that shock value, mm-hmm. and this one brought it. So it was punishing. It was, I mean, there was yeah. that one lady who did she? She got an axe in her back, right? And then got dragged off, mm-hmm. got hit up in and one she of the trees, then got dragged out by that other dude, and yeah. like had her arms broke behind her. Was she well, he proceeded to take one arm, wrap it around this tree, and then bring her other arm back, and then he pulled until her arms just completely ripped oh off. My God. They didn't show that, but they used. I mean, you did. You got the idea. Like you saw something happen. And it was fucked up. It was real fucked up. Um, the characters weren't too annoying. No. Uh, other than Maddie was kind of an asshole. Also, and Rose was Rose very ended up being a fake ass bitch. Well, I don't know. So this is what I need. Okay, maybe Rose was more. No, Maddie was kind of a fucking asshole because she was basically like, "Wait, you killed people for me? Ooh, I, uh, just like no like <laughs> appreciation whatsoever." Why didn't I come look for you? I, I mean, technically, Rose was right about that. Like, yeah. she did. She was. She was hiding the whole time. She wasn't even looking for you. So we we follow Kayla, who's like the uh, main character, who as she starts to discover that if you kill one of the girls that the, the, the corresponding maniac die, beast yeah dies as well yeah. and so then some of the girls are like uh because she accidentally kills she gets into that cabin and accidentally kills one of them and i was like oh bitch yeah you're not getting out of here like i was just like oh damn and she was oh kayla had a really bad time she was terrible at explaining herself because she she also has epilepsy oh right and her epilepsy was triggered they, so they put implants in their in their heads and she discovers after she takes off out of, out of this girl's eyeball that she she's like there's a thing behind your eye she doesn't explain this to her so this other girl comes into the cabin sees a girl on the floor Without with her, her eye. eye and she's what the fuck happened there she, and she just stares at her and just, says nothing no explanation about uh, it I know, <laughs> and like, I'm like just say simply I did not I did that for a reason uh, you know like then take a look at this yeah I'm not a psychopath right this whole see this whole situation is crazy but I'm on your side. Like, yeah. Just, Kayla, just use your words. No, but that would just make it too easy for us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Kayla um, kind of takes this girl, Rose, under her wing. Because Rose is, like, very, very, has, like, in a catatonic childlike state. Yeah. She's, like, regressed. And then by the end, she's com- she's full-on, like, traumatized. Yes. And, like, she's gone to the o- other side where she's, like, ruthless. And so, like, Rose in her, in her, <laughs> I guess, naivete or her childlike state thinks of Kayla as being her best friend. Mm-hmm. Finds out that Kayla's friend Maddie is also in this eucalyptus forest somewhere, and Kayla's trying to find her. And Rose realizes that's her best friend, that Maddie is actually uh, is Kayla's best friend, and so then she just like kills. Well, yeah, well, their her Maddie's beast comes out and is about to kill, and because uh, oh, Kayla right. falls yeah. into a seizure, an, another one where she can't help. Mm-hmm. So 
Rose decides, well, if I just kill her, then that guy dies, which is exactly True, what happened. True, that's what happened. And then, yeah, it was really, it was pretty sad. But because of because of her epilepsy and because of the camera in her eye, mm-hmm. somehow when she has a seizure, she can, she can see, see through, through the killers. Yeah, uh-huh. and anyway, they didn't really explain. I, I need a, either a prequel or a sequel to this. Mm-hmm. I want to. I, I really want a sequel to this, like really bad. I do too, because the, the implication is so. So in Greek mythology, the Furies are these infernal goddesses of vengeance specifically against men which is I'm here for and by the end Kayla becomes basically a fury mm-hmm. because she starts to go after all of the men who have been watching this happen on screen and this it kind of reminded me of uh, what was that violin cello movie we watched for oh, the revenge film um, 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 the perfection yeah, yeah. It, it had that vibe you know where I really like that revenge element and they could totally it had like the girl with the dragon tattoo or mm-hmm. whatever like it I could go in that direction. Yeah, I could see her like a movie where she's hunting down these people. Yeah. But then there's like... But I want the backstory. Like how did this all come to be, you know? So Kayla gets out by basically gouging out her own eye. Yeah. And, and then walking into wherever, into the wilderness. Because there are there's like the a outback. perimeter fence set up around this this stage where this where these where this thing is being staged. And if you get out, um then the thing in your eye explodes and you apparently you die. So she gouges out her own eye so she can get the fuck out. And they think that because uh, it's a game that Rose was, was the, the final last girl. Yeah, so yeah. they so she won. Yeah. And um so when homegirl so when Kayla shows up at dude's house and is like and you know righteously kills him um she's also w- with her in spirit yeah maddie's like there her best friend is like there in spirit like kind of guiding her and she's but, like, they're, but they're making it or? seem as though like it's not even like a figment of her imagination like she's really carrying her with her in some kind of way yeah 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 which i was here for and again yeah. like it left me wanting more mm-hmm. um i have to say a special shout out to the killers who had names like Melonhead and pig man <laughs> and rod face yeah that was just like names on a res like seriously i there's <laughs> there's probably a melon head like definitely melon there's head. like a limpy and you know how we got that name he limps. <laughs> my dad, they called him Pumpkin because he had a big old pumpkin head. <laughs> I was Pumpkin in my family. <laughs> See, that was, a, that was very legible to me as being like res nicknames. Um, yeah, so and this was, a, I just want to mention, this is like the feature debut by writer-director Tony Diacchino. Um I'm really looking forward to see what he does next. I hope it's horror. You can find this on Shudder. Um, Thanks for featuring so many women. In yes. The, yeah, that was really cool. And, and they, and they weren't all like fucking annoying and shit. They were all strong and their own ways though and... i will say i when i saw the opening scene is not my favorite i'm trying to remember the opening they're like okay so they're doing graffiti oh yeah and, then they have, and maddie and, and they're they having have, that fight they have this argument that came out of nowhere and i was just like oh yeah, god this is about to be some annoying that's, bullshit. so that's what that was i mean if we're gonna put that on it then you know that was pretty annoying that that's what added to me not liking Maddie's character as much because mm-hmm. again they don't give us enough context on that whole thing mm-hmm. they're saying because it sounded like she you know Kayla is a fucking punk actually she's hiding for a, a little bit of that thing and she she's not trying to help anybody at mm-hmm. the, the very beginning of the game and so her friend was coming actually from a, a, a place of truth but we don't get to see all of that we don't actually understand their whole history but apparently they've known each other since grade school yeah and She's been carrying her forever. Mm-hmm. But they just make Maddie out to look like an asshole, sort yeah. of. And but, do we get an... I don't remember. Do we get an idea about why these girls were selected? I don't... No, I think it's random. They don't... They just go pick up on some girls. Yeah, because they're all random. Yeah. Like, they don't explain any of it. And that's... I, I, which I think that... I feel like they did that on purpose because mm-hmm. they're in hopes for 
to you know another film. Yeah, because it's set up perfectly for it. Because like, I they, didn't really, I didn't really care. I didn't but, care either. But, I, but then, it, but also, I kind of didn't really care about Kayla and Maddie's friendship. I, I didn't. They didn't. Even, they could have omitted that. I mean, but again, if they're going to further explain, well, if they brought her in at the end, then I do care. Mm-hmm. You know, I think there is something important about it, and I just need more explanation behind it. Yeah. But it was almost unnecessary. The like that first fight, I, yeah. I do agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, other than the first scene, love this film. You catch it on Shutter. Uh, you're a certified screen queen. Woohoo! If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm lip fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Act three. We've reached the end of our show. And this week, I wanted to choose uh, Kelly Jo Minter as Yvonne in Nightmare on Elm Street 5, The Dream Child. Um... So at this point, and this is the, the fifth of the series, also happened to be um, the one that grossed the least out of the entire second. Uh, it, I think the one, the number one, m- might have been New Nightmare or something. Maybe not New Nightmare, but it, like four and then five, mm-hmm. something like that. But yeah, it wasn't. Didn't do well. It did not do well. Uh, so by this time, Alice, who was the dream master from Nightmare on Elm Street four, um, has vanquished Freddy. Right, but then. Uh, she and Dan, who's another survivor, you know, they get it on and they have a, a the, the child is growing inside of her. And unbeknownst to her, unbeknownst to Alice, this offers a Freddy, this offers Freddy a new lease on the afterlife as he starts to use the dreams of her unborn baby. Yeah. Who that baby was also la- we featured him uh, in my in the have y'all seen segment he is mikey's friend yes oh and i also realized where I, why i knew mikey brian bonsaw he play again because i'm a trekkie he played Worf's son commander Worf's son brian bonsaw just making the connection uh, okay <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah i'm a nerd <laughs> anyway uh but the th- okay so unborn the dreams of her unborn child he uses them to then like kill her friends one by one. Uh, and the best the, the, one being the, the overeating one. That one. Oh, <laughs> that's my that's, favorite. <laughs> so the, 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 the thing is, like, they just maybe they just might be able to vanquish Freddy again if they can find the bones of, of his nun mother who that's been sealed up in some kind of tower. No, no, of, no, no, of the, it's not his. Oh, wait, it is his mother. Ma- Amanda. Amanda is his mother. And yeah, she's locked up in a tower. I don't know where the fuck this Walled tower is in. at. I guess it's an old, it's an old insane asylum. Yes, that's what it is. It got shut down. They don't explain any of this shit. No, and then somehow she, 
is able to reabsorb Freddy into her womb and then just disappears. Uh, but anyway. <laughs> and I, that scene as a kid, I remember when she's like, get out of here, uh, Alice. And then Freddy starts coming out of her stomach and then the door shut one after the other. Like that stayed in my head for so much as a kid. And that scared me, that one scene. Yeah. But uh, the movie and itself, this is like when they fully like made Freddy like a comic book character. He mm-hmm. was just fucking silly. His yeah. first like one of his first lines in the movie is like, uh, it's something. It's something terrible. He has like he makes some like I got a need for speed yeah, comments. That's yeah, yeah. That's not the first statement, but it's I got a need for speed. I'm like you don't. You're better than that, Freddie. <laughs> you're better than that. Um, I wanted to include Yvonne in this shit because she's an example of like one of the only '80s black final girls. Um, because and the thing is, like, I fully expected her to die because, like, when we see we see Yvonne um, yeah. fall asleep in in a hot tub. No, I mean, you just I, I expect anybody, everybody to die in a Nightmare on Elm Street film. Everybody yeah. goes, and but to, so her making it through was, you know, it was a plus. It was unexpected because she falls asleep in this hot tub, and then she like, then she like goes up and she's gonna she's a diver, she's a swimmer, she's a dope diver. Yeah, and she crawls up the diving board, and then two ends of it kind of become Freddy's hands and I'm just like oh this is where the girl dies yeah. right and she jumps off and then is like in some kind of and then she ends up back where wherever the bones are in like or wherever yeah, and the, she's in the boiler room and then and... Alice kind of rescues her from that and that's the moment because like because um, uh, Yvonne has been a skeptic this whole time which so yeah okay I, I too had chosen I wanted her last season but her character always underwhelmed me mm-hmm. and they gave her a lot of token black girl you know quotes in this movie and and she was such a fucking skeptic. But what it was, she was this person who had all this sense in a movie that made no sense. Mm-hmm. So it just made her character annoying. Yeah, because yeah, it's like yeah. you're not supposed to be questioning all these blatantly obvious, like weird things that are going on. Mm-hmm. Like sweetheart, like stop. Yeah, you know, it's just you're not helping anymore. Um, but she's she's so she she's still she's trying to work with Alice and Alice is not the easiest of people no. to work with at this point. And also Alice does <laughs> not really explain herself. She's like, at all. she, you know, she just presents everything as if like, she's without, like just take it for what it is. Yeah. She, without trying to explain it. She's just no. like, but this guy's back. He's so, and she's like, um, she's like, bitch, then leave. Yeah. Take it away from me. <laughs> you know, seriously, like you're, you seem to be the, at the focal point of all of this crazy, yeah, chaotic, like, you de- can just demonic go dream that energy. Way. So you know what? I think you should just stay at the house. Alice just like <laughs> stay at the house. Um, this is also oh yeah so the the death that Drea mentioned with the uh, there was like a, a girl who has a like a sort of domineering mother who wants to turn her into a model mm-hmm. a fashion model and uh, Fe- Freddie she falls asleep at the dinner table Freddie force feeds her until her well, he cheeks... comes he's a bon appetit and he and he's yeah he's like feeding her like spaghetti and all this shit he's like his claw finger turns into a spoon and he just like and th- her cheeks get super huge I remember wa- like seeing that oh as a yeah kid. because that was uh, the picture of 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 of, of whatever her, Greta Greta was the supermodel girl the picture of Greta coming out of oh, Alice's fridge that, that was on the back cover of the movie mm. so I remember being at the video store this is before I ever watched could watch a scary movie uh, I would go and read the backs of all of them and so I remember reading the back of this one and seeing that puffy cheek girl coming out the fridge and I was like the fuck that's, is going on here one of my favorite characters or like movie she's not a movie monster but they kind of turned her into one that's one of the best makeup jobs ever yeah that was great and yeah just uh as much as her story doesn't you know doesn't evolve nothing comes from that it this movie is just full of fun effects uh a, a nonsensical story but i i i still feel like I feel like it, it serves its purpose. Yeah. I feel like um, 
I now that I sat down and I watched it twice over the last couple of days, I'm like, I was able to take some things out of it. It's it's a dumb as hell movie. Like, it maybe, is, but um, you, and they had to they had to make new nightmare to tie it up better. Yeah, years later, because this one didn't, this was supposed to be the final chapter, mm. and it was just like, no, th- was this the final chapter? I can't remember. I do know that like the director, I think, had to make this in an insanely short period of time over with just two sets or something like that. I think. Wait, was there a new Nightmare on Elm Street six? Like the final chapter is part six, New Nightmare. No, part six is I think the a final. That's... Freddy's dead. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what I'm getting it mixed up with. Okay. Well, anyway, this is this was the movie that kind of set it on that path. Mm-hmm. Six, I think, is actually. That is that that probably did worse than five, mm. maybe. But I liked, but again, with Kelly Joe Minter as Yvonne, uh, she saves the day because like Alice is becoming over, is overwhelmed by Freddie. Uh, he like kind of phases through her, comes out her back in her, you know, there's some special effects going on there. But Al, uh, um, Yvonne is the one who finds Amanda Kruger's bones, and, and I always them. miss that because they don't really they it happens, and I saw I was like, oh yeah, and it's something like they they just overshadow her, mm-hmm. like they don't get she doesn't get the credit she deserves. She really song. doesn't. Yvonne no. saved the day, and Alice gets all the credit. And, you know, for me, Kelly Jo Minter, like I my introduction with her was through the movie Summer School. And she was like super feisty, super sassy. And she they actually reenact like a horror scene in that movie. And it's fucking hilarious. It's actually one of my favorite, like probably was very influential to me at a very young age. This scene and like all these class, uh, the the her her fellow classmates are trying to scare off this asshole principal. So they like they're uh, two film nerds are um, inspired by Texas Chainsaw Massacre and they all know how to do like Tom Savini-esque ma- makeup. So mm-hmm. they're all just like rulers like stuck in their chest Ew. and like she's covered in blood. She comes running out of the classroom and I was that was like my introduction to her. Mm-hmm. And then I wanted her to have more of a... I, I wish I could have used her for like people under the stairs, but she's not featured in that movie enough, you yeah. know? And But she should have fucking been in that movie. But she, she gets like... She gets that one statement at the end of it it, there just should have been more of her. Yeah, is all. I'm glad she didn't die. I'm glad she didn't die. That was like the most uh, surprising part of this movie for me. Yeah. But uh, Kelly Jo Minter, for this, and you know what, low key for people under the stairs. Yes. Even though you weren't in it that much. No. Uh, we salute you, and you are our scream queen of the week. Scream Queen is produced by Alexandra De Palma and Domino Sound. With theme music by Doc Allison. I'm Tommy Teebs Pico. You can find me at Hey Teebs, H-E-Y-T-E-B-S on all relevant social media. And I'm Drea Washington. You can find me at Hey Girl Hey. That's H-E-Y-G-R-L-H-E-Y. You can find us on Instagram at Scream Queen Podcast. And on the internet at ScreamQueenPodcast.com. Send an email to ScreamQueen at gmail.com. That is Scream S-C-R-E. E-E-E-M, three E's, S-C-R-E-E-E-M, queen, at gmail.com, and we might answer your questions on a future segment. And in the scary movie of your life, you better scream, scream queen. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues 
your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. 